Welcome to the Personal Injury Marketing Minute, where we quickly cover the hot topics in the legal marketing world. I'm your host, Lindsay Busfield. With so many social media channels out there, it can be overwhelming and disheartening. This is especially true for personal injury lawyers who struggle to get a following. Really, who is going to follow a law firm who is simply posting about safety tips for cyclists? Nobody is searching for that on Facebook. They want pictures of puppies and babies. With social media, you need to meet the audience at their intent. That is why YouTube can be one of the most powerful social media outlets for lawyers. In fact, it is the third most popular social media website out there. The millions of daily users that YouTube attracts are looking for both entertainment and answers. When a law firm can provide them with the answers they are looking for, this can be an incredibly powerful tool to generate leads. Levi Lassick has turned YouTube into a passive prospecting machine for his real estate firm and is going to share some of his best tips with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So how did you venture into using YouTube to grow your firm? Uh, by accident. <laughs> so I had, <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a financial services business that I was running for many years. I was helping teachers on their retirement planning at the local schools at, in Dallas. And then of course, all the schools shut down in 2020. So I was left asking myself, well, how do I start over without starting over? Because we didn't really know what was going to become of the, you know, the, uh, the on, oncoming years and so forth. So I, I decided to pivot into real estate at that time. And I know I'm talking about real estate, but we'll definitely transition into how this applies directly to to the legal industry. But it was something that I, I didn't want to be a traditional real estate agent. And I didn't want to go about the traditional marketing methods that they typically go after, which is, you know, cold calling and door knocking. You could say postcards and even billboards. I, I think billboards are probably a popular marketing uh, strategy in in the law industry, uh, at least from what I've seen. So of course, magazine ads, you know, the typical the, uh, typical typical things you see. But I didn't really want to go that route. Plus, I didn't have a lot of money to spend on all of that, which can be extremely costly upfront. And so uh, I just decided to start researching uh, ways to attract business. And I knew that would be through social media at the time, because again, during 2020, it really wasn't a time to go out and shake hands and kiss babies either. You know, everybody was still a little appreh apprehensive of, of that type of marketing as well. So, uh, you know, if you don't want to pay for advertising and you, and you are limited to go out and meet people, it's like, okay, well, clearly you, you want to start making content. But as I started to make videos and, and again, I wasn't a, a great real estate agent. I had never done that before uh, in my life really. And so, uh, but I have lived in Dallas, you know, for 20 plus years, I know my areas and what I started to find out was that, you know, YouTube is really a search engine more than it is a social media platform. And people are searching about neighborhoods and areas. They don't really search for like, hey, who's the best real estate agent? As they probably don't really search about who's the best lawyer in town, right? They start searching problems. Uh, they start searching uh, for solutions to those problems. And clearly when people started to make a, a move during 2020, uh, especially to you know Texas where I'm at, that's what they were looking for. Not who's the best agent. They were looking for what's the best neighborhood, what's the best school district, uh, you know, what's the best place to live in Dallas. Those were the common questions. You know, what is this suburb versus that suburb? So when I started to understand and find the search volume for these types of topics, it, it made me realize, oh, if I can create content around what people are already searching for, 
then that's going to give me an audience much sooner rather than later than trying to sit here and build up some personal brand or be some personality. It's like, okay, there's already people out there searching this information. So that I was able to cater my my content towards. And that's how all of this started to really uh, you know, grow from there because uh, once I, I created the content that people are already looking for, the phone started to ring. And this is the, I think the most powerful aspect of YouTube is that, you know, people in our industry, real estate or your industry, uh, laws, law firms and lawyers. I mean, you can, you, we have such a high ticket item off platform. You know, I'm not really trying to make money through ad revenue on YouTube, right. Or anything like that, because I can sell a house and earn a much larger commission. You know, if you help somebody, uh, navigate a, a case or, you know, um, work with an insurance company based on personal injury, that's a much bigger payout than it is trying to generate ad revenue on YouTube. So that's the that's the power that we have at our fingertips is being able to educate people, solve problems that they're already searching for and pull them off platform is what we say, really, because then they can then they can become a client. And that's how we monetize and maximize our earning potential on that side. Well, and that's a really great way to think about it because YouTube is so incredibly different from other social media platforms that are out there. It really doesn't function the same way in um, in a lot of aspects. And I love your approach to it because you are meeting users where their intent is. You're not trying to sell somebody on Facebook um, a, a piece of property when they're not going to Facebook to look for a piece of property. When they are searching for information and, and looking for answers to questions, you're meeting them where they're intent is in a way that is organic to how they want to search for it. Um, and kind of tying that back to personal injury lawyers, um, what types of topics, if you were looking for a personal injury attorney, or if you had questions about personal injury, would you as a user be looking for that a lawyer should be making content for, for their YouTube channel? Well, I would I would have to search the topics, but I'm just and I'm just going off the top of my head because I haven't had to use a personal thank thank goodness right <laughs> I haven't yeah. had to use a personal injury lawyer, but I'm just thinking about what uh, things people might search whenever they get in a situation. So you could reverse engineer this as a personal injury lawyer, like okay, what's the problem? Uh, car accident, okay, uh, clearly right. Uh, for example, so car accident. Now we could kind of backtrack from that. What might people search? based on a car accident. What happens when I get rear-ended? What happens if I rear-end somebody else? You know, what happens if I run a stoplight and hit somebody? What happens if somebody else runs a stoplight? Uh, you know, and so just to name a few, what happens if uh, somebody runs into me and I run into somebody else? And 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 I would tweak, the, those are the main questions, but I would also kind of start to work around a search volume to kind of finalize that. You know, uh, that that's just kind of the rough version, but I might want a more clean, question that people would actually research. And so right there off the top of my head, I, you know, I just came up with five or six video topics and I'm sure that they're almost endless uh, whenever you get into that realm, you know, almost, you know, what happens when you work with a insurance company uh, based on a car accident, or what if I got hit on my bicycle? Uh, I think you mentioned earlier that, I mean, actually people might search that, especially in these metro areas where bike lanes and things like that are a lot more prominent. So if you're in that now, if you're out, you know, if you're a lawyer out in the rural community, 
you're, maybe you don't make content around getting hit on your bicycle because you don't have a lot of bicycle traffic, you know, out in the country. But if you're in downtown Dallas or DC or New York or Chicago, where people, you know, use bikes all the time, that's probably a common occurrence. So you want to also uh, think about your environment, where you're at and, and what could happen in those scenarios. And if you are out, if you are a, a rule based lawyer, think about, accidents that could happen out there, maybe on the farm or with farming equipment or hauling things or working on somebody else's farm. So there's all these different types of scenarios that I'm sure uh, if you've had a, a year or two of experience already, you know, you could you could probably write them all out just from what you've already dealt with. And even if you're brand new, like I was brand new, so I didn't have that experience. Now, the thing is, is that I knew um uh, you know, I, I knew my areas. Now, I would think if you're a brand new lawyer starting out as well, then clearly, if you're a part of a firm, I'm sure most of them don't go solo from the get go. But if you're part of a firm, you start asking all the senior lawyers around there. <laughs> Okay, what cases have you dealt with, right? What have been the scenarios? What's happened? Or maybe, maybe you, uh, maybe you have to study those when you come into the law firm. Whatever the case may be, you can start uh, creating content about what has happened. Maybe even referencing some past cases or something like that. So I think uh, it, there's there's plenty of opportunity, plenty of content out there, and you just want to kind of uh, reverse engineer and, and also just focus on what you want to focus on. I mean, if you want to be the car accident specialist, then of course you want to create all content around that uh, as much as possible and try to go down really as many rabbit holes as you can. Think about all the different scenarios. If, if you know, now, if you're open to doing, you know, all personal injury, just depending on whatever the situation may be, then, then you've got a much broader stroke, but I would look at what's the most searched because car accidents might be searched more than bicycle incidents. Even though you're in, let's say you're in New York, I don't know, maybe bicycle incidents might be researched more than car accidents. So maybe that's where you start or maybe uh, taxi cab incidents, you know, uh, happen. Uh, and maybe that's more prominent than, than uh, owning a car. So you want to start looking for search volume because that'll also give you an idea of like which content to start making as well. And what tools do you use to look at search volume on YouTube specifically? Yeah, the main one we use it. Uh, it's a platform called TubeBuddy, um, and so that's a that's a that's something that's very easy to use. They have free versions. I use the paid version, of course, because it unlocks a lot more features and gives you more things to to research. But yeah, it's called TubeBuddy, and it pulls search volume directly from YouTube. Well, and I love that. And that's, you know, that's a really great tool that you can use. But going back to a point that you made earlier, that you really don't even necessarily need that. Um, and you don't need to have a whole lot of experience to be generating these ideas. You really just need to know what questions people are asking. And if whether you're a real estate agent or whether you're a lawyer um, and whether you have one year of experience or 20 years of experience, people are asking you questions. And if one person is asking you a question, the odds are that there are a lot of other people who are asking either that same question or something really similar. So pulling from those questions that people are asking, pulling from your resources, pulling from your network, and then using the tools that are out there that are available is a really great way to come up with a great list of YouTube video ideas. So yes. talking about the, um, the videos themselves, how long should each of these videos be? Uh, they should be as long as they need to be. So that means uh, you want to 
give as much information as possible, but don't over talk it just to keep talking. Don't add filler or fluff to try to extend it. If your video is 12 minutes and 36 seconds, let it be 12 minutes and 36 seconds. You know, if it's nine minutes and 55 seconds, that's okay. Don't sit there and think I've got to round up to 10 minutes or it's got to be 12 minutes. I mean, uh, really there's a study done recently that showed that that 15 minute videos are longer tend to do the best on YouTube. And when you think about it, YouTube is a long form platform. I mean, that's where people go to watch uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, video content and extended periods of video content. So you kept mentioning intent earlier. It's actually the first chapter of our book, uh, Passive Prospecting, where we talk about this is intention versus interruption. All the short form platforms out there are interruption marketing. So if you're paying for advertising, which you have to pay for advertising on those, then then you think about it. Nope. You know, if somebody's uh, researching this topic, they're probably going to go to YouTube first. And if they just got rear ended or they rear ended somebody else, they're dialed in. They're intentional, right? So now they're searching for answers and they're they'll they'll happily watch a 10, 15, 20, even a 30 minute or even an hour long video. It takes just determines how long uh it takes you to to you know give all that information. And that's okay. I've actually uh made hour-long videos on accident. I was just trying to give the amount of information I needed and they turned out to be an hour. Whenever I first did that, I thought, ooh, is this too long? But whenever I published it, it ended up becoming one of uh, our top performing videos. And that that taught me very early on that people are looking for uh, thorough information, I should say. So, you know, however long that takes you to complete that topic, then then just give the information that's needed because that's the best way to do that. That's great. Um, and so we, we've talked about the content, what types of content, how long the content should be. Now with uh, YouTube, as opposed to this podcast here, it does matter what it looks like. So um, thinking through what the lawyer looks like, should he be at a desk? What should the background look like? How would you set up an ideal YouTube video? I mean, I would think any background you you could have access to. That's always the easiest one. So, you know, I've seen, I've seen uh, informational uh, channels, um, you know, uh, data research, uh, lawyers, CPAs that they, they literally just have a white wall behind them. You know, is it a little boring? Uh, maybe so, but they, they have a lot of views on there. And, and again, people are going for the information. So you could get away with just a plain white wall. Uh, if you're in an office, of course, Hopefully you have a piece of art or maybe a bookshelf. Uh, you, you know, I think any law books behind you would make you look a lot smarter, right? And so, uh, you know, I mean, it, th things like that. I mean, I I prefer character. I, I you know, my backgrounds, I like depth. I like character. I mean, it's, it, you know, I don't just make videos in my office. I kind of live in my office to research and read and things like that as well. So so for me, it, it's designed functionally, but also uh aesthetically pleasing to, you know, to be on camera. Now that's, that's down the road maybe as well. You can get away with a very little, I mean, you could get it, you could buy a hundred dollar green screen if you're even that concerned about it and, and create, you know, any type of background behind you, uh, you know, and, and you could have dirty laundry on the bed. You could be in your bedroom, you know, with a heaping pile of laundry, you pop up a green screen, nobody would know the difference. You could put a you know, the the Dallas or the Boston or the New York City skyline behind you. So there there's so many ways you can do that. I would say it would be the should be the least of your concerns. And and I think that again, I've seen 
content with people with just plain white walls, but the information they're giving is so captivating that they can rack up, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of views. Absolutely. I mean, there are definitely a couple of ways you can play with that and reveal a little bit about your personality. You know, if you want to have more of a fun, visually interesting background that can tell your prospective clients or the viewers who are watching your videos, something a little bit more about you, but subtextually. Um, but I know that I've seen a lot of really awful videos out there. Um, and especially with some lawyers that, you know, I won't, I won't call out by name, but it kind of looks like they are kind of being held hostage while making this video. They're very uptight or they're slightly out of frame or out of focus. Um, what tips do you have to help our, our, our listeners look comfortable and organic and otherwise just set up the shot in a way that um, makes them look like they actually want to be on video? Yeah, I mean, you definitely need a good microphone. I think audio is is very, very important. And so if you do just have a white ball wall behind you, you know, audio is very key. And even if you're using your iPhone, which we teach a lot of people how to just start with an iPhone. I mean, I, iPhone 11 Pros and above that have the third camera on there gives you such a diverse um, shooting capability that and the camera qualities are so good that you could get away with doing this on an iPhone and as long as you have a good microphone to go with that. But even the built-in microphones on iPhones now are, are pretty good. But I think just having a uh, microphone plugged in gives you a little bit more. But other than that, yes, it, it's a good it's good to get framed in, which means your head is not you know out of frame. Your you know your, your bottom of your chin isn't cut off. I mean, you don't want to be so close. We like for. We like for either, you know, uh, high chest level up is ideal, or maybe even if you're at a desk, uh, you could say elbow level and above. If you're, a, if you're a talker with your hands, there is something to that as well, using your hands and gestures, or maybe you want to pull up a legal document or something to kind of show that, you know, how, whichever the way you can, uh, you know, maybe you have a whiteboard behind you to kind of talk through some scenarios. There's all all different kinds of aspects you can include to that. So I think anywhere from elbows up to, or just chest up to top of head, that's how you'd want to be framed in. But other than that, uh, personality is something that uh, you know, I would say just be yourself. I mean, if you if you are uh, type of that that straight faced, dry lawyer, I mean, yeah, go for it. You know, you're going to likely attract the clients that are just like you. So you're probably going to attract uh, dry and straight faced people. You know, and so which they'll get along just fine, which is great. And if you have more of a bubbly personality or outgoing or, you know, you're laughing at yourself all the time or, you know, something like that, then you're probably going to attract those people. People look for uh, the type of person that that they connect with. I know in Austin, Texas, I saw this billboard. Uh, I forgot what he calls himself, but he calls himself, uh, I think, like the the rock star uh, the rock star lawyer or something like that. And he's, you know, he's on the billboard with dreads. Uh, I mean, like super long dreads. Uh, you can see clearly like even some neck tattoos and not your traditional lawyer look. But guess what? He's in Austin, which helps him because Austin's theme is right. Keep Austin weird. So you never know. Um, and I'm not saying people with dreadlocks are weird. I'm just saying that that's, uh, you know, they're, if they're looking for that type of person, you know, to represent them, guess what? Uh, someone else who has dreadlocks or neck tattoos may feel a lot more comfortable. They're like, finally, you know, a, a lawyer who 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 gets me, you know, and so that's that's likely who they will attract. If you're, you know, clean cut suit, I mean, you know, the whole nine yards, 
uh, that's that's probably what you're going to attract those type of people. So like attracts like, I would say just be yourself and and you don't force anything because guess what? We meet our clients, you know, and and so the thing is is that I think it's important to be who you are so that uh, you're not some character on camera and then they go to meet you or you go to defend them and then they're like, wait a second, who are you? You're not the person I watched all those videos, you know. So I I do think it's very important to be yourself. And if and if you have no personality, guess what? <laughs> you'll get you'll attract <laughs> no personality people. So and that's not a bad thing. No, I mean, and that's that's a really great point. I would definitely, if I were to be hiring, you know, a lawyer or a real estate agent or anybody that I saw and was attracted to them because of their personality and felt comfortable, and especially with a major life decision, um, you know, whether it's purchasing a piece of property or defending a case or advocating for me, I want to know that um, I have a connection and, you know, an intellectual connection with whoever it is that I'm working with and that I'm putting my my trust in them. And if I can't trust who they are on camera, how am I going to trust that they're going to advocate for me in the way that I was hoping? Um, and again, this YouTube video is a way for um, prospective clients to meet you before they actually meet you in person. Um, and so that's, that's a really big, important piece of that. Um, so as lawyers are thinking through the types of content that they want to produce, how they're going to be setting it up. Um, how often should a personal injury firm be posting video content on YouTube? I mean, as uh, I, I would, I would plan that out. So I would plan out, uh, we talked about reverse engineering content. So if you sit down and you write out 50 ideas, okay, great. I mean, you could have 50 video topics, but now you want to look at, okay, what do I have time to do? Do I have time to make one, two, or three videos a week? I don't think there's really much of a need to go over three videos a week, especially starting out. Uh, some want to work on two or one, but typically you'll grow as quickly as you put out content. So, I mean, you could put out content every day, but I'm not saying that people want to do that. So I would look at, okay, I've got 50 videos uh, if I divide that by three videos a week, that gives me whatever three, let's just say three months worth of content. Okay. I've got three months worth of content. Now I want to publish three times a week and then just stick to that schedule, you know, so find the routine that works for you. If you know, Hey, I can sit down, uh, you know, and this could be, it could be once a week where you go, okay, I'm going to record my two videos once a week, maybe Saturday morning from eight to 10 AM, I'm going to record two videos and, uh, and then that's it. And those are your two videos for the next week, you know, after they get edited and, and things like that. So, you know, just find a schedule. Uh, you have to time block for this. And I know lawyers typically bill by the hour. So maybe you're like, oh, well, uh, I hate to give up a couple of hours to film content because I could bill for that. Well, you have to look at this as a long-term play. You have to look at this as bringing you a lot more opportunity than what it's taking away in the beginning, because this is an investment in your business. It's an investment in marketing. And, and even though you may publish the first uh, you know, two, three or four months of content. And maybe you don't get any business at all from that, but you have to stay consistent on that. Once it starts to compound, it's it's a it's a faucet you you probably won't be able to turn off. So once you reach that point, and, and who knows, it could replace your traditional forms of marketing. So maybe you are, you know, running billboards or magazine ads or, uh, you know, Facebook ads, whatever the case may be at this time. But, you know, what if you could stop that down the road and just let YouTube promote your business at no cost? And we, you know, generated all the business we did over the last three years, we've sold over 385 homes 
without any marketing, you know, uh, any ad spend, I should say. YouTube is marketing, but it's marketing for you for free. And that's that's a huge advantage to be able to generate that that type of volume than than without ad cost. And so I would just stay stay focused on that, develop a plan so that you don't get burned out, dedicate one to two hours a week, you know, where you have a, a comfortable time slot to do that. It is an investment in your business, but then also stick with that. Just make it a non-negotiable. And I love that that point where once you upload a video to YouTube, it is there. You don't have to keep paying to keep it up there. And it, when you contrast that with Facebook advertising or uh, pay-per-click advertising campaigns, it's only there so long as you're paying for it to, to be there and stay in front of people. This is something that is an investment that's going to e eternally pay off. Um, as so long as people are asking these questions and you're making content for evergreen questions, this is going to be something that's going to help you for the entire life of your law firm. Um, so now we have our videos, we have our content, we've made them, we've uploaded them to YouTube. They are only going to work so long as people actually watch them. How do you get people to start watching your videos? Well, go after the, I would say go after the most searched content out there. So again, you, you may not be that great. And guess what? Your first few videos are not going to be great. So even if you have no personality or all the personality in the world, your videos, your first few videos will probably still come off a little bit rough, but that's okay. Um, it, not a lot of people will probably watch them anyway. So that's the other part of it. But if they find it, I mean, you just got to have the right calls to action in there. And, and ultimately people are coming for the information. They're not coming for us. Now, what happens is, is they watch enough videos, they'll, they'll develop a relationship with you over time. And that's what will get them to give you a call. But otherwise, we're trying to inform them, answer their questions, provide all that value up front first. And then whenever the need is greater than that, you know, they'll reach out and give you a call. So uh, just just be patient, stay consistent on there and trust the process and, and things will happen. And with SEO, um, you know, one of our big pieces of you know, our big strategy is to develop lots of content and have it rank. And the rankings for the content that we develop, a lot of it depends on the algorithm for Google. Now, YouTube obviously has their own algorithm that they use to help rank videos higher. Um, what can you tell us about uh, the YouTube search algorithm to help videos rank higher on that? Well, it's very similar to Google. So, I mean, key keywords and key terms uh, are very uh, important on there. So, there's a lot more in there uh, to to optimize when it comes to the video. So, uh, we, I mean, we have a whole chapter dedicated to that as well. I mean, it, it's it's a lot in there. Now, it's a lot up front, but once you understand it and and have worked through a video or two, it's pretty simple. But otherwise, most people leave a lot of stuff blank on there and YouTube gives you a lot of spots to, to fill in information. And you want to do that because all of that communicates with YouTube about what your video is, is uh, you know, talking about. And so that's something that when people are typing in the keywords and the key terms associated with the subject, you want them to match up. And so we, we are pretty uh, on point about that to, instead of, you know, just thinking of crazy clickbait, things like that, we're trying to give people really what they're searching for if we want to turn that into business. That's great. Well, and then people are now getting their videos together. They're getting them on the YouTube. They're on the YouTube. Um, they are getting them to rank. People are watching them. Calls start coming in. What do you do with the calls that you get that you just can't help? Oh, no, we, we, 
<laughs> we well, that depends. You mean can't help because we don't offer that service, or can't Correct. help? Yeah, that you don't okay. offer that service. I was about to say we we add more add more team members if if we're getting too many calls. <laughs> Uh, you know, we'll just do what we can. Uh, we can refer them out and, and uh, you know, we can accept referrals. I think you can do that as well in the in the law, lawyer world, you could say. So, you know, if they're not in your state that you practice in or you don't have a license, uh, I'm not sure if you have to be licensed state to state. I'm sure you do uh, as a lawyer. So if somebody calls you from another state, then I would be working on building a referral network and trying to capitalize. You know, if you if you recapture 10, 20, 30% of that fee, whatever the referrals are in that industry, that's that's better than nothing. And so you say, hey, you know what? Okay, you're from Oklahoma, no problem. I've got a great lawyer up there that can handle you and and you know take care of the situation. And you make that connection. And you know what? The referrals are sometimes my favorite because they're <laughs> it's just give them to somebody else and let them do all the work. And then we collect a, a paycheck on the back end. So, you know, that's that's uh something we like. And so we've got a nationwide referral network uh, because sometimes uh, people will say, "Hey, I'm not going to move to Dallas. I'm going to move to Nashville." And we'll say, "Okay, cool. Well, let's let let us get you somebody over there that can help you out." Or they need to sell a home in their state, and so we need an agent to do that as well. So there's a lot of scenarios where we can't help them directly necessarily, but we want to make sure that we keep them within our network, and and there's some sort of monetary gain that we can capitalize on on the back end. That is a great idea, and we definitely encourage lawyers, um, if it is allowed in their state, to build those referral networks um, and, and find great partnerships. You have mentioned your book a few times, and I would love to know a little bit more about that. And uh, can you tell us um, what it's all about and where lawyers can get a copy? Yeah, it's called Passive Prospecting. And so you can get a copy at book.passiveprospecting.com if you want a digital copy. If you want a hard copy, of course, you can go to Amazon and find it there. But otherwise, we wrote Passive Prospecting for the entrepreneur, for the business owner, for the doctor, for the lawyer, for the electrician, for the financial advisor. I mean, any profession can pick that book up and and get a, a real understanding of why YouTube is so important and then how to actually implement it in the business. It's a very practical and tactical book. There's not really much flow. I, I don't even really tell my personal story in the book. So that's something uh, if I could go back, maybe I would have changed that. But otherwise, uh, we get into nuts and bolts really right from the beginning. And the first nine chapters, we talk about principles, which is very important to understand because I think it'll shift your mindset on marketing in general, because we talk about the principles of passive prospecting and doing things uh, not the traditional route. And then the last five chapters, we get into how to do this. So we start taking you step by step on channel build out, content creation, SEO and optimization, you know, and even conversion, those types of uh, scenarios that we run through there. So it's it's very practical and tactical, but yeah, you can go to book.passiveprospecting.com uh, for a digital copy, or you can just uh, check on Amazon. Great. Well, we'll be sure to put a link to that in the comment section. Well, thank you so much, Levi, for joining us today. I really appreciate all the information you've been able to provide. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.